when someone forwards you a picture of Justin Trudeau hugging a panda or Justin Trudeau like trying to get a high five from an English prince, like what do you think? I mean, like it's it's just I'm I'm maybe more cynical than most, but it's it's been it's been interesting to watch the conversation kind of come along to my snarky and sometimes shitty outlook of the world. I, I was deeply suspicious of this guy from the beginning. This is Jesse Brown. He runs a website called Canada Land. He's Canadian, and he's got a lot to say about Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the scandal he's dealing with right now. I was suspicious of him because I went to the same university as him, and he's a few years older than me, and I heard from a professor of mine that he used to rollerblade to class, and that's all I needed to know about him. (laughs) Why does that make you suspicious? He just, you know, there's a a certain kind of wealthy and uh, entitled Canadian royalty who kind of, you know, they can kind of, uh, for a few years, look a little rough around the edges and... uh, say all the right things and make certain gestures towards progressive politics or things like that. But he's a young prince of Canada. He, you know, he is the establishment. If there's one thing Jesse Brown wants you to know, it's that Justin Trudeau has done a lot of work to shape the way you think about him. If you Google around, you're going to find photos of Trudeau doing yoga, boxing, dressed up like Clark Kent on Halloween, He sort of unbuttons his shirt a little bit so you can see the Superman logo underneath. That image, it has a way of distracting from his political pedigree. When Jesse says Trudeau is a young prince of Canada, he means it. Justin Trudeau's father, Pierre, was prime minister for more than 15 years. From a Canadian perspective, here was someone who was born into a liberal party that has corporate connections going back many generations, that has, I think, a system of crony capitalism that uh, Justin Trudeau and his administration inherited and that is sort of the natural tongue of this guy. And so we got something very different than what was advertised both here and around the world. I didn't even know that Justin Trudeau was the son of a prime minister, frankly. I think a lot of Americans don't. It's just a part of being Canadian, you know, <laughs> to to accept that we know so much more about you guys than you know about us. And I think Canada is an important rhetorical device to Americans in the American political discourse more than it's a real country. And it's convenient to have this neighbor who seem to be living proof that it's possible to have a more progressive and multicultural society, that it's possible to have a less partisan and vitriolic public discourse. And it's a convenient thing for various Canadian governments to be thought of as this, uh, you know, very polite, nice, kind, gentle modern country on the world stage. And that just provides an incredible amount of cover for the reality of Canada. Right now, the reality of Canada is on full display. Today, Jesse's going to explain the scandal that is rocking Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's administration and why it upends everything you thought you knew about Canada. This story involves a private 50 cent concert, millions of dollars of bribes, and what happens next could test the limits of inclusive government. I'm Mary Harris. You're going to want to stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. 
When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, so let's talk about this scandal. How did this scandal start? It started with SNC-Lavalin, which is one of the handful of companies that has deep historic roots in Canada. This is an engineering firm started in Quebec in 1911 that does massive infrastructure projects for governments around the world and that has deep entrenched ties to governments, plural, in Canada, but mostly the liberal government, and that there's a bit of a revolving door between the leadership of the liberal party and the leadership of SNC-Lavalin. How big is this company in Canada? Is it just everywhere? Its power is definitely concentrated in Quebec, which is also where the Liberal Party's power uh, electorally is concentrated. And it's, uh, you know, they employ tens of thousands around the world. If you believe uh, the Liberal government, this is a crucial, integral, too-big-to-fail company. Now, there's a counter-narrative to that. And the other side of this is that SNC-Lavalin has been embroiled in scandal and corruption for many years. And this is in Canada and around the world. Yeah, the World Bank has them on, like, a list of corrupt companies, right? That's right. The World Bank will not fund anything. They, they, they are not allowed to build a bridge in Bangladesh, but they are still able to operate in Canada. The former CEO bribed two officials in Canada. Some people say, oh, they have to bribe people when they're in Libya or Bangladesh, but that's not how business is done in Canada. Well, the record shows it was the biggest fraud case in Canadian history, according to the CBC. Something like, I believe it was $22 million paid to officials to secure a contract to, to build a mega hospital in Montreal. It really sounds like their bread and butter is bribing people and corruption doesn't look great. No. And and this is p- part of why this is so incredible to witness is that this is Canadian innovation. We are the world leaders in bribing governments to secure big, fat, you know, no-bid contracts. So the operative case now, w- where they're up against charges of bribing officials in Libya and defrauding Libya for uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, it involves uh, bringing Gaddafi's son to Canada and whining and dining him and buying him tens of thousands of dollars worth of prostitutes. There was a private 50-cent concert. This is how this establishment company in Canada operates and has been operating for a long time. Canadian police charged SNC-Lavalin with fraud and bribery in 2015. The stakes here are high. A criminal conviction would bar this company from any government contracts, a major source of its business. So SNC-Lavalin started an intense and overt lobbying push. They have been with guns blazing, lobbying government, you know, on the up and up. They're not hiding anything. There was a public relations campaign as well, basically arguing that we've cleaned house, the old CEO is gone, and we should not be uh, facing a criminal uh, prosecution for these misdeeds. And they were successful. These lobbying efforts were successful because they were able to actually introduce a piece of legislation that Justin Trudeau's government kind of snuck in to a budget announcement, which allows the government to give them a deferred prosecution agreement, which would mean we did wrong, we're paying a fine, but it would avoid them being blacklisted from getting government contracts for the next 10 years. So they actually were able to write their own legislation and it didn't get much attention at the time. They were successful at slipping this in. But once they had this as a possibility, they needed that button to be pushed. Even though it was a law tailor-made for them, they needed uh, the, the criminal justice system in Canada to offer them this deferred prosecution agreement. 
And that's where the Trudeau government ran into trouble with their attorney general. Why was this company so important to Justin Trudeau's government? Depends who you ask. If you ask Justin Trudeau, it's because jobs, jobs, jobs. And he won't apologize. He's done nothing wrong. He has to protect jobs. And, you know, there's no question that, uh, that that's a factor. Uh, there is a question as to whether or not all of those jobs would disappear. SNC-Lavalin is, uh, you know, threatening that they would just leave Canada and go to the UK if they were criminally prosecuted. But, of course, it's also votes. And Justin Trudeau is a member of parliament from Papineau in Montreal. And this is where this would hit hardest. The popularity of the Liberal Party in Quebec and in Montreal would suffer if it was seen that Justin Trudeau mismanaged SNC-Lavalin and they and they picked up and went away. So Justin Trudeau says he's worried about jobs. Justin Trudeau also very worried about elections in Quebec and his own sort of sustainability in the prime minister's seat. And it sets up this clash on his cabinet because his attorney general is sort of in charge of negotiating whatever's going to happen with SNC. And she really doesn't think it's a good idea to give him a slap on the wrist. I think it's more specific to say she doesn't think it's a good idea to interfere. And this is a really important part of this. When Justin Trudeau became prime minister, as he was showing off his progressive feminist bona fides, a major plank of this was that he had a gender-balanced cabinet. And, and when asked why, he said, because it's 2016. And one of those female ministers was uh, a rookie member of parliament named Jody Wilson-Raybould. I, Jody Wilson-Raybould, do solemnly and sincerely promise and declare that I will truly and faithfully, and to the best of my skill and knowledge, execute the powers and trust reposed in me as the Minister of Justice and the Attorney General of Canada. And she has a, she has a background too, right? She comes from a very prominent First Nations family. That's right. Her father was a prominent leader of Indigenous people uh, in Canada, and she was the chief in the Assembly of First Nations. And she is uh, an incredibly respected attorney. Her background is not in politics, it's in law. And sooner than most in Canada would find themselves running, you know, such an important ministry, she was running the, the Ministry of Justice. And this was compatible with Justin Trudeau's presented values that if we're going to have a diverse and gender balanced cabinet, it's going to mean giving power to people who have not necessarily gone through the political system as traditionally has been done, because that political system is systemically geared towards white men. That all looked wonderful at the time, and it helped to uh, burnish his brand. But when you put people like that in power, they might actually use it. And this cuts to the heart of it, is, is the disparity that we're learning increasingly between the optics of Justin Trudeau and the reality of Justin Trudeau. Once he had Jody Wilson-Rebold in this position, he refused to listen to her. He refused to allow her to exert her power. He wasn't a lawyer. His lieutenants were not lawyers. She is the top lawyer in the country. She made up her mind that she was not going to interfere to help this company. And she was challenged and she was basically told to, to fall into line. She was whipped, uh, to use the term, and faced incredible pressure. And when she failed to bow to that pressure, she was shuffled to another and, and much lower position in, in Justin Trudeau's cabinet. Yeah, she was demoted to the head of Veterans Affairs? Well, yeah. Now, she was first offered Indigenous Affairs, and that displayed a remarkable ignorance on the part of Justin Trudeau because the Department of Indigenous Affairs 
must implement what is called the Indian Act, which is a risable piece of legislation that Jody Wilson-Raybould has defied and asked for it to be torn down throughout her career. And she scoffed at that and, and, you know, for the first time in Canadian history to have a minister refuse a portfolio. But she said, I'm absolutely opposed to this act. I can't be the person to implement it. And so she was put into veteran affairs, uh, which in in the culture of Canadian ministries, this is a, a major demotion. Huh. It also shows the bigger problem, which is Justin Trudeau didn't even really think about the fact that, like, of course, she would reject that. That's it. And, you know, th- this is what I think betrays the, you know, the, the hypocrisy really is like, do you listen to your female ministers? Do you, do you listen to indigenous people? That's your brand is that you're the guy who's going to reconcile the relationship between the indigenous people and the rest of Canada. And you're, and you, and you're the person who's going to bring feminism and, and, and progress and to, to be revealed to be something of a bully really belies what he wants people to think of him and how he wants to look. Well, and while everyone in the United States has been watching like Michael Cohen get in front of Congress and testify has everyone in Canada been watching as Jody Wilson-Raybould goes in front of your parliament and testifies? Yeah, the, 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 that appearance was a remarkable appearance. I don't think anyone in Canada has ever seen anything like it. I experienced a consistent and sustained effort by many people within the government to seek to politically interfere in the exercise of prosecutorial discretion in my role as the Attorney General of Canada in an inappropriate effort to secure a deferred prosecution agreement with SNC-Lavalin. She had such gravitas and integrity. Like, this is what I, I have to tell you. I love this scandal. I, this is a delicious scandal to me, and it's not just because I'm a I'm a scurrilous, dirty journalist who loves dirt. Like like I love this scandal because most scandals are about you know somebody slept with somebody they're not supposed to, or somebody had like a, an expense that they shouldn't have had. It's about kind of outliers, but this actually speaks to the guts of things. This gets to the heart of it. We are not used to somebody saying company was too big to fail. I was told to put my thumb on the scale and tilt it in favor of this company, but that's not right. It's not right for politicians to interfere with the criminal system. That is a revelation that you know, we've just never seen that happen before. And, uh, you know, it, it was probably the most disastrous day for the Trudeau government since he started. So Justin Trudeau finally spoke out about this. Yes. Yesterday morning uh, at, at 8 a.m., he, he finally gave a press conference. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us at this early morning press conference. And in that press conference, though, he, he asserted that he's done nothing wrong. He has uh, every responsibility to uh, protect jobs, jobs, jobs. In regards to standing up for jobs and defending the integrity of our, our rule of law, um, I continue to say that there was no inappropriate pressure was so interesting to me was that at two different occasions in that press conference, what did he return to? He said, we're going to have to keep this short because I have to go to Iqaluit to give an Inuit apology, is how he phrased it, for you know Canada's mistreatment of uh, the Inuit. And it's International Women's Day soon, so that's uh, also really important. On Friday, I'll be in Toronto, marking International Women's Day with incredible young leaders. I plan to listen and learn from their lived experiences. So here he is signaling back to sort of, uh, you know, Justin 1.0 to try to remind us of what a swell guy uh, he is. Um, Pay no attention to what happened here. You've said that for Canadians, sort of the presentation Justin Trudeau puts out there is a dangerous distraction. I I wonder if there's any evidence that Canadians are rethinking Justin Trudeau or how their government approaches its relationships with business. 
I think that there's clear evidence in the polling that has come out and in just kind of taking the temperature of the public conversation that the bloom is off the rose when it comes to Justin Trudeau's brand. Now, what that's going to mean, you know, will take us to a conversation about uh, the Conservative Party and the NDP in Canada and, you know, what's going to happen in this coming election. And, you know, a lack of good choices is another, you know, uh, Canadian situation that seems to follow us from election to election. But but it, it, do we feel differently about this government and do we feel different about Justin Trudeau? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny. You've said how Canada usually follows the United States. So you've said Justin Trudeau is kind of like your Obama a few years later. And now I wonder if this scandal opens you up to have your Trump in a little bit of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the the influence of Trumpian politics are already being felt throughout Canada. There is a growing movement to shut our borders to immigrants who we actually desperately need. There is a rising sense of anger from the oil patch from the province of Alberta who feel that Justin Trudeau, like his father, uh, doesn't care about their jobs and and, uh, the oil industry, which has sort of become a crucial industry in Alberta. Remember, Canada is where a, a young white terrorist who listens to who listened to uh, Fox News went into a mosque and shot people dead while they were praying. That happened here. So we absolutely uh, are affected by the political culture in the states and there's no shortage of right-wing politicians who are hoping to benefit from those rising tides in, in, in that in that direction. So this definitely strengthens their position. Jesse Brown, I feel like I understand everything that's happening in Canada so much better now. I'm glad. Thanks for uh, thanks for the opportunity to chat with you. Jesse Brown runs the Canada Land news site and podcast network. That's the show. What Next is hosted by me, Mary Harris, and produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, and Anna Martin. Happy Friday. Talk to you next week. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.